You're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me today is Josie B. Josie B, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, getting into the winter, you know, starts getting dark and all that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's not the best. I'm I'm pretty affected by that stuff, so uh, not looking forward to it. But hopefully, I mean, it's time to get my head down creatively. I think, you know, want to get some more uh, production under my belt this winter. I think so. We'll see how it goes. Are we going to spend the hour talking about the hour change and how it fucks you up? Oh yeah, no man, don't <laughs> don't even go there. But then when it goes the other way as well, it's like, oh, because there's always a debate. I always hear a lot of it on the radio. People saying, oh, you know, maybe we should just ditch the hour change and just stick with one or the other. And I was thinking, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would. But then, you know, we've got to think of the milkmen. Um, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, I suppose there's that. And the kids going to school and all that sort of stuff. But Oh, yeah. I'm sure there must be a solution where you can just fix a certain time and just stick to it. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting thing to talk about coming into, coming into the winter and how, for me, I always find a lot of pleasure in music. And the more soulful music is, the more it sort of embraces me. And quite frankly, you know, this Moby tune, very emotional, right? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. This one for me is like one that I grew up listening to, I guess. Like when I was very little, hearing Moby, particularly this album, was something that was like on in my dad's car when we were driving around anywhere when I was like really small. And like at the time, I kind of, I kind of hated it because it was just on a loop all the time. But now I'm like utterly obsessed with this album. And this is, this has got to be like my favorite Moby song going, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, like Moby as a, as a producer is kind of crazy. Like, so there was this uh, this story I read once in a magazine um, that he had written about because he started taking drugs and such in the mid '90s, and the reason was, or at least one of the reasons was, that he was at a party once where he was chatting up someone, um, and they both had glasses of champagne, and then he was just chatting to her, and then he, he noticed that her drink had gone red, and there was a piece of his septum floating in it. Right. Nice. <laughs> yeah strong uh, so that's why he stopped doing drugs or one of the reasons but uh yeah that's Moby boys it's anyway great great repertoire of tunes and this is this is going to be my favorite one of them and this is off the album everything is wrong isn't that right that's the one yeah one of the albums where it's it's more dance music focused but this particular tune's like a lovely sort of oasis of peace and calm in the middle of it so yeah absolutely love it absolutely love it So the reason he's called it Everything Is Wrong, I don't know if you know it or not, but he thinks everything is wrong, as in, you know, I'm selling you a physical CD, which is, you know, polluting the atmosphere and causing God to know what impact on the earth. And isn't it wrong? You know, it's quite an interesting statement to make. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have released the album, mate, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. He's, uh, he's gone and done it all on his uh, electronic equipment and stuff like whatever you know I, I i love the album I, I i love everything about it and i'll listen to it on a loop so I, it's definitely definitely damn good music and, and of course he's got those two tattoos on his arm you know the animal rights very prominent as well so um oh yeah of course yeah when when did he get those though was that because i only saw them in like pictures in the past like 10 15 years of him but uh yeah i don't know i find some of it a bit pretentious though perhaps Oh, and, uh, I, I, I love his music, that's what I'll say. Um, and that's, that's as far as that goes, really. 
a lot of his protest if you like sort of stuff is is very that but um all these earlier albums like this and go and, and play as well of course like, just classic albums just like amazing um so yeah can't hear anyone speak a bad word about those albums for me you know <laughs> So your parents were playing like rave music in the car when you were a young one? Kind of, yeah. Um, so it was always my dad. He was always the one driving us around because um, my mum never liked driving on the motorway. So like when we were on the motorway, it was always Moby we were listening to. There's also like Simply Red, but I never, never really liked that. <laughs> and yeah, he was just listening to this and a bunch of like early Cream albums and things. And yeah, I guess that's what really fed into my sort of modern or contemporary love of dance music is, is these early memories of these dance tunes so yeah really big influence for me was my dad Was there ever a point where maybe you broke away from listening to what he was listening to and then got into your own stuff like or were you just listening to various different bits um at the time when i was a kid i actually didn't really like it that much apart from this tune which is on now um which is another maybe one feeling so real this was one that i asked to be repeatedly put on actually because it was it just had the energy that i was looking for because you know you're a kid you've got like all the energy in the world and you want that to be channeled through some music and that that's that's kind of why I loved this tune so much at the time because I could like you know boogie to it in the back back of the car and like yeah I think this particular tune is kind of a precursor to my my uh, love now of like faster electronic music specifically like jungle and drum and bass so yeah So what age were you when you were listening to this? God, I don't know. I mean, I was very small. I must have been like four or five in the car listening to it. But yeah, it was it was great. I always think about those very early memories that people have where, you know, they hear certain things and it just sort of absolutely resonates with them at, at a certain stage. And then as an adult looking back going, oh, I realise now that that was hugely influential exactly yeah yeah that's it that's it there's a lot to be said for what you were listening to in the car growing up is a big one because when, when you're a kid and you're sat in a car on a long motorway journey it feels like the longest period of time in the world like it's never gonna end and all you've got to accompany you at that point is either your siblings or the music that's on and it's just like obviously you're gonna get some involvement in those tunes and like yeah, they really affect you later on, I think. So, yeah, big up to my dad for uh, starting my career in dance music, eh? Well, kids these days don't listen to any of that sort of stuff. They just sit in the back of the car and watch TikTok for three hours. Oh, God, don't get me started on TikTok. So it's a three-hour three car drive, and they're like, oh, are we there? Oh, hang on, I've just got to carry on watching some more TikToks. So I'll get out of the car in a bit. You know? Honestly, no, just can't deal. Can't deal with TikTok. It's... To poison man. <laughs> oh no, TikTokers, people do professionally, yeah, I get you, but to watch TikTok, it's uh, it's painful. It's a huge time well where you, you put it on and, and 20 minutes later it's like, shit, where did those 20 minutes go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's, I think it's like uh, there's this whole thing going around where like apparently kids aren't using Google as much now because they're finding their information on TikTok, and I just think that's just like horrifying. Yeah, I have to do a report about World War Two. Hang on, let me just put that into TikTok and see what comes up. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh, oh, it turned out that um, it turned out that the Allied forces were lit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, look, this tune, feeling so weird, I feel like, I feel like we're going to talk all the way through it and it's going to slip through our fingers. But yeah, you're quite right, you know, the pianos and, and the tempo and the breakbeat and everything, it's got a full-on rave atmosphere, hasn't it? Is it just that he's listened to other people's rave music and just recreated it in his own way with not really adding much to it? Oh, who knows, man. Uh, I know what this one is, though. I know what this one is. It's <laughs> just come on now. This... Yeah, I didn't realise you made tunes. I do, I do. Um, most of them are just sat on my hard drive and I don't do anything with them because I never, I'm one of those people who never finishes a tune. But yeah, I actually work at Plugin Marketplace. So like, I get to mess about with a lot of plugins all the time. So yeah, I do make tunes. And this is one, this was um, the first one I put out for many years. This one was uh, The Apology, which I put out in 2020 during the start of lockdown. Because uh, suddenly, obviously, everyone had all the time in the world to make these tunes. I think with this one, the reason I put this sort of here in this list of tunes is because you can really hear where the kind of like atmospheric uh, energy of like God moving over the face of the water, which was the first track we had on, and the energy of feeling so real sort of like fed into my sort of later influences. I try to like capture a lot of a lot of those um, those energies in my music, and yeah, it's pretty exemplary about. I think with plugins, I don't know, but whenever I, I'm like trying to work on something, I'm like, start going down the free VST route and you just like... Yeah, yeah, fully. You just lose track of time. <laughs> you spend you spend all your time fucking around with VSTs and never actually doing anything. That's it, that's it. I mean, like, obviously because like I work in a place where I can get hold of so many plugins, I say yes to them all and then I get them. And you know, like usually you spend like a few days really getting to grips with each individual plugin. That's not so, not so much the case because I get like 50 at once and I'm like, I'm not going to get get my head around any single one of these because there's too many of them going on at once. I just don't know what to do. So often I find myself pretty overwhelmed with it, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I really want this winter to be somewhere where I like get my head down with production a bit more and uh, get some more tunes out there because I haven't put one out for quite a while now. So would love to be able to do that again. Yeah, I think a lot of time with VSTs as well, though, the icing on the cake, really, you've got to have some creativity, some ideas. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's only so far presets can go. It's always always spook me out that something's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 
So we don't normally talk about people's professional nine to five jobs, but is that something you're interested in talking about? If you work in plugins, like you work in, you know, you know, in your audio stuff. Yeah, fair. I mean, m- most of my job, to be honest, is is answering tech questions for people and stuff like. They email in and they're like, "Hello, my serial code doesn't work." That is ninety percent of my day is telling people how to use their serial code, but uh, usually they are not great at writing emails either or have written it all in capitals or something so it's just yeah real fun i bought sausage fattener uh, and i had it on my old laptop but i don't have it on the new laptop and i could never find the key for it so maybe maybe you could help me out with that but or maybe 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 you'd hang up on me i don't know (laughs) yeah big up man we don't actually stock it but but tell you what we um i did once uh get together with void boy and um we i can't remember which tune it was but we ended up just like putting this one drummer bass track through uh, nine times through maxed out sausage fattener just to see what would happen um, and then um, yeah they ended up making a tune out of it somehow um, but, um, so I can't remember which tune it is but one of Void Boy's tunes features a sample from this drum and bass tune that's been put through sausage fattener nine times just to see what would happen nice So when you're making tunes, I mean, we need to talk about this a bit, right? But when you're making tunes, where do you start? I think it varies. It it depends whether I'm like starting a tune from scratch or whether I'm like remixing it. Because if if I'm sort of starting with a sample which I've gotten from somewhere else, then I generally start to piece it together by figuring out what I want to do with the drums. Because then I can like work work out what I want to do rhythmically with with the kind of original tune or whatever. But if if I'm creating a tune from scratch, I tend to start with a like really like drawn out pad like you can hear with this one. Um, I like creating that like initial atmosphere and then like figuring out what fits well with that. So I, I get I guess you you know. The drums are like the later part in either case, aren't they? Because you, you have your original track if you're remixing something and then uh, put the drums on top of that and then add in other elements. But with original tracks, it's pads, then drums or whatever. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good pad. Like, you'll find that in a lot of the tunes I've selected here. Like, I'm a sucker for a, like, long atmospheric pad. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the most fun I can have for any music is that one. Yeah, it's good stuff, yeah. Same, like, you know, I like the interesting things happening in music. I think when you get a tune and it's, like, long and boring and nothing's happening, you're like, oh, seriously, when's this thing going to end? Yeah, like this one, you know, the one that I've just been playing. Yeah, terrible tune, though. <laughs> well, I think people are always see their own mistakes or see their own... Oh, know, absolutely. Their own worst judgment, you know what I mean? They judge themselves with the worst. You're, you're worst. you're your own worst critic, as they say, isn't it, you know? Yeah, no, totally, totally. I mean, I listen to any single one of my mixes from the past and I'm just sat there going like, oh, there's a, there's a problem there, there's a problem there, there's a problem there, but people like those mixes, so, you know, it, it, it is just, you are your own worst critic, as you say, and that's that's true for all creative processes, I think. But yeah, definitely with things that you can like look back on and just be like, oh no, it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> if I listen back to my own DJ mixes and I'm hearing a clanger, I'm like... Hey, I must have been having fun at the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> that or 
probably what was happening was I was sweating bullets going, oh shit, do I pull out of this mix now or do I just keep going and hope that it just comes good at some point magically in the future? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, you just whack the crossfader all the way over to the new tune just to be like, oh, the heck with it. I'm not, I'm not stressing out about this anymore. So always good to see a bit of metal. This is new metal, I guess you'd call this System of a Down, Aerials. Is this your teenage angst phase, is it? Yeah, definitely. If the first couple of tunes were what my dad had playing in the car uh, when I was growing up, I guess this was like my my early teen years. I was well just just before I was a teen, I was in a in the same room as my older brother, uh, sleeping in the same room, and he was obsessed with metal. He, he well, we were always well, I say metal. I was also like grunge and stuff. A lot of, like like it was always Nirvana, always System of Down, always Trivium, Slipknot. Um, and I was—I I had mixed feelings about it. I never got into Trivium, never liked them, but I absolutely love System and I love Nirvana. But um, I think a lot of people that are in dance music—they seem to have come from a metal background. That's so often the case. Like people always seem to have come from this this background of like having listened to metal. And I think the sort of like tight snares and sharp transients and the sort of like aggression and high energy of, of metal is is really something which feeds well into into a lot of dance music so i think that's that's kind of where that comes from uh, particularly with stuff like drum and bass and gabber even and hard style and stuff i think that's that's really common hence why when you play a tune like this i'm like all right so we're the teenagers because we were all there we were all there everyone who was into rave at some point was oh we are we are indeed <laughs> into that stuff. I just don't like it, but I just haven't got time to listen to it. All I listen to is rave these days, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Plus, I don't, I don't like new metal, the original metal. Like, you know, we're talking Metallica, Slayer, <laughs> Megadeth, you know, Motorhead. Yeah, but you haven't, you haven't got that angst anymore, man. Slipknot, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Link, what's it called? Linking Park or whatever, or Blink 182. They're all like, ah. Uh, you're probably cursing me saying you can't talk about the two things in the same breath, but... Oh, I know, I'm a sucker for Slipknot. Nah, that, that was my thing, man. That was it. I loved it. Um, I think Linkin Park actually was another one that my brother had on all the time, so... Yeah, that was very much a thing. And um, if you say you don't like Slipknot, my girlfriend would 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 hate you for that. She, she, she was what was called a maggot in her teen years. What's that? Yeah, that's like someone who's obsessed with Slipknot. So... <laughs> Yeah, we both come from that background, so... There you go. I each their own, obviously. You know what I mean? It comes to music. There's so much good music out there. Enjoy it, enjoy it for what it is, like... <laughs> That's it. That's the first bit of silence, 20 minutes in or 19 minutes in, the first bit of silence, like... Oh yeah, <laughs> like, pretty, pretty, pretty good. That's, that's uh, radio presenters for you, eh? Two radio presenters talking. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. It's like that sometimes, it might be in a meeting online, and I'll be talking for like 20 minutes, and I realise I haven't actually let anybody in to talk at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
got some quality, quality jungle in here. Oh yeah, man. I mean, this one's um, this one's by DDOG. It's called a new sound, and like we just had, we just had obviously a new metal track on. When I when I kind of think of the intensity of uh, metal feeding into like my current music taste, I think this one's um, right up there for me as kind of one of the more intense songs I play, and I do play it really regularly. Um, and it, it's only 160 BPM, but it always feels much better to me. And that noise there, like, that's, that's not how you expect this track to go. And I love when a track just surprises you like that. Um, I think the rhythmic play in this one is just really like special. I, I, I just, I, I love things that just surprise you when they drop into it. So this is a big one. Yeah, I always love bleeps and stuff like that as well. You know, oh god, love it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Then we got some of them later on, I think, uh, if I remember rightly. We got a few of those in, in some of the later tracks in there. How long have you been DJing for? As a DJ who's been DJing to in clubs or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I started DJing when I was like, started uni. So it's been like 12 years. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I guess I started like pushing myself to actually do something about it only in about 2019, early 2019. Um, because, you know, I, I, I do it for the, the passion. Like I, I'm, I'm doing DJing because I love the music and that's always been why I do it. And then it was just suddenly in 2019 where I was just like, wait, but I can still be doing it for the passion of it, but also have other people involved in this. Like I don't need to be just playing to my bedroom wall all the time. And, you know, I've got something here which I'm good enough at that I could actually do something with. So just decided that, yeah, it's time to time to do something with it. So yeah, push the boat out of it. And it seems to have, seems to have gone pretty well since really, which is nice. Yeah, cool, fair play. Yeah, no, it's good, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, that whole imposter syndrome of, personally speaking, you know, feeling it's other people that are DJs, not me. Uh, I'm just doing it in the bedroom, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that was lessened by the fact that I'd obviously been mixing for like seven or eight years at the time already. So it's just kind of like, oh, I know I can do this. So why aren't I sort of thing? Absolutely. And I, I try to encourage people as well. You know, when I do the guest mixes on uh, Solid Sound as well, to try and get people to send me guest mixes, it's like, it's it's to make it an open platform to anybody, just, yeah, you know, anyone can do it, really. It's, it's, it's all down to tune selection. Um, and if people realised how easy it was to actually do mixing, uh, <laughs> we've got to see more people doing it, you know? Oh, yeah, fully, fully. We'd all be out of a job. <laughs> I mean, the thing I love most about DJing, obviously, is when you find the tunes and you just play them out and you just feel that unbelievable energy and when you see all everyone else is into it as well it's just absolutely popping off there's no feeling like it in the world totally totally i was i played um keep hush last week and i played a couple of um tunes that i'd been sent on promo and i was just so excited to play one of them which i'm not actually supposed to say what it is um but yeah, I played one of the tunes last week and I was just so excited to see what happened and it just went absolutely off and oh, it's just, it's, there's no better feeling in the world than when like you love something so much and you can see that everyone else is also just so involved in it and it's like, oh yeah, like I'm at the right place and they're at the right place right now. This, this, is, where, this is where we're supposed to be, this is what we're supposed to be doing, like big ups to the crowd, you know. And the real world fades away. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Come on,
Yeah, I'm enjoying this. I mean, like I said, it's got a lot of different percussion styles going on in there. I'm a big fan of the, some of the samples they've used as well, like this, uh, what do you call it, a snare, whatever it is, but that tack, tack, tack noise, you know, I love that when I hear that in Jungle. Yeah, no, I love that. I love a, I love like a rapid snare. I think that's a, like you hear a lot of that in like Sully tunes and stuff. I think there's a really exciting thing which has happened over the past few years, which is in part driven by Sully, um, but within the jungle scene, I think people are starting to use the drums more as instruments. You know, like obviously they're always an instrument, but they've been a rhythmic instrument, and people are really messing about with the pitch and stuff of the different drums at the moment. And I think that's that's making some really exciting tunes, which is which is pretty sick. Well, I think that's one of the major things in dance music in general is that, you know, if you look at classical people making music bands, you've got the guy on the drums, you've got the person on the guitar, vocal, piano, organ, and they all do the, the, the things that they, the instruments do the things they're supposed to do. Whereas in rave music, you know, you they do things they're not supposed to do. Say, for example, hardcore, like they're in the real up tempo of hardcore. But the kicks change tune. Do you know what I mean? The notes, the kicks change tune. Oh, yeah. So they're playing a rhythmic style. The, the notes are actually in the kick. Oh, yeah. And the thing that's like a synth could just be going beep, 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 beep. I love that. With no changes. It's keeping time. So the synth is keeping time, but it's the kick that's making the melody. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fully a thing. I think a, lo a lot of like old hard uh, hardcore elements are like really being brought to the fore in jungle at the moment. I think there's big like early jungle techno stuff coming back and like hardcore and things. So they're really like making a big appearance in jungle at the moment, um, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, love that energy. Yeah, big time. Yeah, good to see jungle techno coming back. I haven't seen a lot of tunes in the last couple of years or so, but I know 80. Uh, uh, 2018 and 2019, 2020 perhaps. 21, 22, I haven't seen a huge amount. Have you not? Ah, uh, you're not looking in the right places. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. <laughs> right, exactly. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, good to see. I'm playing a lot of it at, at, at my sets at the moment. There's, there's a lot of it on like, I'm getting a lot of it on vinyl actually, surprisingly enough. Like less less digital, more vinyl with it, which is um, which is interesting actually. I don't know why that is. I guess I guess the people who are like into the like old school sound are also into the old school formats. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think you see that more with jungle uh, as well. You know, people still press into vinyl. It's like I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But there we go. Right. Okay. So I am not like so. If if anyone listening doesn't know, I, I'm a I'm a sort of a mixed media DJ. I do a bit of vinyl. I do a bit of digital. Um, but vinyl is kind of like my first love with it. And I think there's so much talk about like, oh yeah, it sounds better. Oh yeah, it's like you're not a real DJ unless you can do this. It's like absolute nonsense like it's, it's it's just like the only reason i'm gonna be playing records on stage is because i like doing it i enjoy holding a record and taking it putting it onto the deck and taking it off of the deck and then putting a new one on that's about as far as it goes i just think it's really fun that's that's, that's the only reason i play vinyl oh and also because there's lots of tunes that are only on vinyl that's also a big one and as well, well, you know, when you put vinyl on the deck, you know it's going to work. Whereas a laptop or an MP3 player or you know a USB key, it always get, it always keeps me awake at night, just thinking shit. What if it doesn't work? Whereas vinyl, you know where you are. Oh yeah, yeah, and also like I'm never really affected by that whole like, oh the decks aren't linked thing, which happens with CDJs all the time. So 
Yeah, that's all right with me. I just play off a laptop. I, I gotta say, I play off a laptop and I press sync every time. I don't give a shit because I just wanna, I just wanna play the tunes like you know what I mean. And people can say, oh, vinyl sounds better. It's like, well, how does how does the music get on the vinyl? Remind me of that bit. It's it was a fucking wav at some point in its life. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, it's it's nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense. I'm all for this whole sync thing. Like that, that's that's the one thing. That's that's how I learned to DJ. Um, was I, I used sync for years, and there's literally nothing wrong with it. it, it what matters is what people are hearing. And I won't name names, but there have been some people where I've turned up to sets, like to like do a support act or whatever, um, and then have noticed that they're using sync too. And I would never have known. And that's and it doesn't make you think any less of them. It's just like, oh, okay, that's a surprise. Interesting. Moving on, sort of thing. <laughs> I just hate when people get all arsy about how the music is being done. Like, who are you trying to impress? The people behind the decks or the people in front of it? You should be here for the here for the crowd, not for not for the people who are like stood behind a deck judging you. I've seen a reasonably well known, like, would fly internationally to DJ DJ play a set before, and he was playing old school jungle, um, and uh, he was making a fucking lash of the mixing. No one, no one gave a fuck. Only, only the, only the chin strokers, only the train spotters at the back, like me, going, "Oh, dearie me, that's a bit of a clanger mix." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you can't help it if you are someone who mixes. Like, it does do that to you. It's, it's like when you become an artist, you, you notice all the problems with other people's are, or it's, it's the same thing. Like, when you're mixing, you're just gonna notice all the problems with other people's mixes and it, it, oh, it really annoys me when I do that but I do it, I'm guilty of it Right, we're going to change topic because we spoke all the way through DJ Inc. The Mirage Mirage. Oh, that was one of the um, first records I ever bought, you know that. That was really cool tune Yeah, I loved it, all the acidy things going on there It was a wicked tune, loving that Yeah man. First tune you ever bought? Were you, would you buy it on vinyl? Oh yeah, that was um. so I bought, I think it was like eight records all at once and that was one of them uh, I think there was like there was a V recordings one on there. Um, I got I got marker by Dub Physics and Strategy. A couple of the first releases on Program Records, and then like some others that I can't remember. Um, and I definitely wouldn't play them out. But like that one that just played, I I still played that out. I played that out last week. You know, like I, I just love it. It goes well. It still goes down well every time. And so some some things in your music taste just don't change. So when I was putting uh, this mix together with all your tunes, I've seen this one, Nice One Tom, Mouse Wants Cheese. When I saw the word cheese in the title, I'm thinking, oh God. And then when I played it, I'm like, there you go. <laughs> Fair play though, happy hardcore, right? Yeah, man. It's a it's a, it's a niche market, let's say. Yeah, no, I, I love this tune. Whenever I'm in the middle of a set and like, I think the crowd needs an energy boost, this is my go-to tune, to be honest. I put this on and suddenly everyone's just like, oh, let's go. Um, when it's like 4am, the lights are about to come up and like they've run out of energy. Whack this on, everyone's dancing. It's, got, it's literally one of my favourite tunes I've been sent this year. Just obsessed with it, honestly. Uh, don't get me wrong, I do love Happy Hardcore, but what I don't like, what gets me is like, comes on, I can't help but not be happy, like, you know? It's like enforced happiness. <laughs> that's it, that's it. There's, there's something about like, all these euphoric like pianos and things like it just works it just works yeah i mean if it's four o'clock in the morning you put this on i'm like oh <laughs> all right i'm too old for this i'm too old for this <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about gigs. 
how are the gigs going? Like, are you finding, I mean, whether the gigs you're playing or the gigs you're going to or seeing around, I mean, Bristol is like the epicenter of the universe. It is. The gigs back to pre-pandemic levels or are gigs just not happening? I, I live in Brighton now, so the scene in Brighton is very, very different to Bristol. There, There is much fewer clubs, obviously. It's a much smaller place. It's, I think it's like a third of the size of Bristol. But yeah, there's, there's a couple of clubs here, a couple of them I absolutely love and it's good but there's there's not as much variation here as there is in Bristol so I often find myself traveling to Bristol to do a gig that's just like the default for me I guess but yeah I think I think the events industry has sort of like started to bounce back but the problem is whenever I speak to promoters they're always like oh yeah we're not selling the tickets though for some reason people in their like late teens and early 20s don't want to go out I don't know what that's about so um, yeah the clubs just aren't full anymore but gigs generally I mean, they, they're, they're the most fun I have. And, it, it, you know, the crowd that's there is, is the people who are there because they've come out to see me. And I just think that's really special sometimes. So, yeah. But in terms of, like, gigs for me, I guess this this past summer was pretty dry, actually. I only did a couple of, a couple of sets over the summer. I'd unplugged my uh, I thought I'd unplugged my sound interface then. <laughs> that's the thing when you're DJing and you hear that over the PA and the music stops it's the worst isn't it I, d- I can't believe I just fell victim to my own thing <laughs> like v- v- I play this tune in the middle of a track and I always like do it because I want to like have a private joke with myself and just see the front cr- front uh, row just go like oh what just happened <laughs> And I, I just fell victim to my own joke. Um, but this one's this one's one by Acid Vicious, who's a good mate of mine, um, who is just like a massively underrated DJ and producer from London. Great guy. Um, and he's, he's got a release out on Hardcore Energy, actually, um, which you should go out and get, by the way, because it's, it's absolutely sick. I think it's called Salt Fat Acids or Salt Fat Heater. I can't remember. One or the other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it just keeps putting out wicked tune after wicked tune um can't can't oversell him really you know he's, he's a great great guy and a great producer and a great dj so i haven't heard of that label before really really good label actually um they ran a takeover at boomtown this year on the wrong side of a track stage and it absolutely popped off yeah absolutely absolutely love them um i played a night for them actually earlier this year i think it was me samurai breaks sherry s uh, and the house crew um oh and an originator and proper who run the label and yeah really really good night and uh, they're just keeping out good stuff as well on the label so yeah definitely worth checking out if you haven't had a chance absolutely will do yeah no, uh, Acid Vision sent me a couple of tunes before now, and I've released them at the label at Solid Sound, Hard Rave Energies. But uh, yeah, there's so much music out there and so many labels out there. 
especially digital labels, it's, that's why people who make the music for, uh, are so important in the scene, right? Because I always feel as a DJ or as a radio presenter or whatever, you know, if it wasn't for people making music, I wouldn't have much of a job, you know? Yeah, that's it. When we all just used to there just wheeling empty decks, being like, something's supposed to be happening, but I'm not, I'm not sure what. Um... Or another, yet another retro retrospective set of, hey, yeah, do you remember what the music was like in the 90s, kids? <laughs> well, it's what I was thinking the other day, right? So you know that uh, Kate Bush running up that hill, right? So here's a theory, right? So back in the 70s, she didn't even release that track because there was so much amazing music out in the 70s that, oh, she's like, oh, run up the hill, there's not much point putting it out because you know, there's so much good music out there and I've got such a great catalogue, etc., etc. No one's going to see it. Whereas now, to put it out and it's like the biggest tune ever I mean I know it came from Stranger Things but it's like and everyone's, everyone's going oh wow what an amazing tune what an amazing tune it's like yeah because the music of today now I really am sounding like an old man the music of today is so devoid of anything interesting that when it, one tune from the 70s comes back it's like wow I think there's a huge amount of soul in music today it's just that because of the sort of accessibility of music these days it means that we're given more of it so like we're, we're given the good with the bad whereas before it was like a real event to be able to like put out a tune and have it broadcast anywhere so like you know it's just it's just a matter of sifting through and finding the good tunes that's 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 all it is um i think there's there's still loads of soul in in all music and i mean you know we, it's not like we've not lived through rough times you know we're, we're living in rough times questionably now and yeah, that, that, that creates soul in music and I don't think that ever goes away. Talking of soul in music, we are listening to Queen right now, and Queen is my 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 favourite band ever. Like I am obsessed with Queen. Like anyone who meets me, if they've been talking to me for longer than thirty minutes, Queen will pop up in conversation. If I could see one act in history, it would be Queen with Freddie Mercury. Well, we've got to thirty-eight minutes, and there we go. So that's it. Feel free to fill fill the air with why you love Queen, why you picked this tune. Ah, uh, right. So. Freddie, like Freddie Mercury, obviously the best frontman of all time. I will not hear a word against that. He's, he's like my absolute idol. And I guess when I'm not sure how to act on stage or like in a general sort of performative way, I try to like incorporate a bit of bit of him into my sort of stage persona. You know, like you got you got to have that confidence. You got to have that like presence on the stage and, and then people want to get involved with what you what you're giving them um but this this track in particular is hammer to fall and it's it's from the live aid 1985 concert at wembley um and honestly i think i think the live aids um performance by queen in 1985 was the best act ever it's, it's the best performance of any band ever by, by my opinion and this one alongside like radio gaga are, are my absolute favorites in in that performance it's, it's just there's, there's nothing like watching them on that stage i just i'm absolutely obsessed cool good stuff yeah and um, what did you think of the film i loved it um it's not 100 percent accurate and i think you have to take it with a grain of salt on that level like 
it was it was a really good film for film's sake and a lot of the stuff in it was true to life and a lot of it wasn't by what information we actually know yeah I, I, I loved it and I thought uh, Rami Malek who played Freddy was brilliant and I can't remember who play, played um, Brian May but he, he was just the absolute dead spit of him so uh, yeah that was that was kind of crazy to watch but yeah Queen utterly obsessed as I say so Yeah, it was a great film. I thought it was, uh, when you look at the stories behind people's lives uh, and what they went through, like I didn't realise that Bohemian Rhapsody was almost one of the first shoes they ever did, and they're like, yeah, we're going to do something totally that no one has ever done before, you know, totally unheard of. And everyone's like, no, this is a shit idea. But actually, you know, today, even now, it's probably one of those most iconic tunes from the 80s, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is a tune which has fed into so much of, like, later later tunes I mean let's talk about System again System of a Down opera incorporated into rock music essentially is, is there some bow rap in that you know like that's that, that's what Bohemian Rhapsody was it's from um, A Night at the Opera album which which was designed to incorporate elements of opera into into rock music so yeah it was an experimental album for them and um, it was one of their first and it's, it's one of their best yeah love it cool so talking about kids in the car listening to music, uh, when Live Aid happened, uh, I was a kid in the back of a car. We drove from Manchester all the way down to the bottom of Cornwall and uh, listening to Live Aid. So uh, that, was, that, was, that was a good car journey. I remember that well. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a long drive. <laughs> it was about five or six hours or something crazy like that. Yes, that, that, that's not bad. Down to Cornwall from Manchester, that's not bad. Wow. There we go. Now, uh, you, you, you broke a few rules as well when you were doing talking tunes, but I let you away with it because you're supposed to do 15 tunes, not 18 tunes. Right? I did 18 tunes. I, I, I cut it down. I think I had about 25 ready to go. So. Um, and then I'm like, OK, well, that's fair enough. You've done 18 tunes. I just cut it down so it's like between an hour and an hour and 15. I think an hour and 15 is about perfect for the length of this. It's an hour and 20, so fair enough. So what I did was any tune that was like over six minutes, I cut it down, right? So, yeah, fair enough, like... Except for this tune. Well, this this is one of them. I cut down a bit, but it's like, of all the tunes you've got on this list, I think this is my favourite. Like, and Star Guitar is just, uh, it's just one of my, not exactly a guilty pleasure, but it's like, oh, I, I love it. If ever I'm not feeling it, I'm just like, put that on, and it always just some spirit. I absolutely fucking love this tune. It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, we were just listening to some Stadium Rock. This is this is stadium electric electronic music. It's it's something that reminds me of how good it is to be outside in a crowd and just feel that kind of happy people energy euphoria of being in a crowd and just all of you being in it together. Um, I mean, Chemical Brothers have seen them live a couple of times, and they they are my favourite live acts still like currently going um, alongside potentially Bonobo. Um, but yeah, I, I just always imagine this tune like filling up an enormous stadium and just everyone being super, super happy. It just brings me back to like a, a festival feeling and just, I don't know, it, just, it, it kind of awakens something in me that sort of says like, oh, look, you are alive and experiencing something like pretty wonderful right now. So yeah, it's a big tune for me. A lot of people say to me, you know, when they're playing like six minute tunes, because, you know, I like two minute tunes, three minute tunes is perfect, right? Six minutes, forget it. Seven minutes, I haven't got a concentration span. 
Um, but it's like, oh yeah, but it tells a story and it does this and this goes into that and then this is repeated later. And I'm like, I just don't get it. I actually just don't get it. The star guitar is the one tune I do actually get. I actually go, oh yeah, this builds into this and all the rest of it. So uh, yeah, definitely. Have you ever watched the video for it? Yeah, the train journey where it's like mad trippy repeats and all the rest of it. Yeah. Each of the element is part of the. Yeah, it's great. Really good. Has, have, you ever, have you ever been on a train journey listening to Star Guitar and imagining that video in your head? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, of course I have. <laughs> yeah, Chemical Brothers. I mean, yeah, great body of work. I've never actually seen them live myself. I'd love to. They're seen. incredible. Someone was once suggesting they'd make a fantastic headline of Bankface. I mean, they really, really would. They are a 10 out of 10 live act. Um, and I don't think anyone who's into dance music, like, I, I don't think anyone doesn't like them that's into dance music. I, actually, no, that's, that's a lie. I did meet someone once who did. And, but they were, yeah, they weren't someone that I ended up carrying on talking to. So I can't say much from that, I guess. But yeah, yeah, just a, a universal, universal happy group for people in dance music, I think, and I, I just love them. So, do you like cats or dogs? Can I answer yes to that? <laughs> I like, I like, I like both of them. It's a leading question, right? So, because, yeah, you can't go, no, I hate them. Okay, well, I'll cut that bit out of the interview. So the thing is, you know when you like cats and you like dogs or whatever? I like cats, some people like dogs, fair enough. But you know when you see people and they don't like either? Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, no, I don't like any animal. You're kind of thinking, oh, that's a bit odd. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying, not saying anything is odd about them, but just, you know, I think the Chemical Brothers is one of those things where if you say to someone who likes rave music, hey, do you like the Chemical Brothers? And they say no. Then you like going, uh, have you heard the Chemical Brothers? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, oh, uh, you must have just heard Hey Boy, Hey Girl and gone, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not carrying on with that. Which is difficult enough as it is. I mean, that, that's a great tune, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We've, got, we've just got so many tunes that like, I guess a, a lot of people don't even realise they're theirs, I guess. But yeah. So good. And the other band I'd say that about is if anybody likes heavy metal or any of that sort of stuff, Led Zeppelin, right? Led Zeppelin's one of those bands that anybody who likes metal, if they don't like Ze Zeppelin, you're like going, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, so what? Wait, what? Yeah, fully, fully, definitely. music i mean you could just i mean on a summer afternoon just sitting outside in the sunshine relaxing you know definitely it's 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 a big euphoria track it's got the same sort of it does the same thing to me that some trance tracks do you know like just makes you just like really happy for a minute uh this is used in a game or something wasn't it or at least i don't know you're saying that as as the as the I, I know that you've got it written down somewhere, haven't you? You've... No, I haven't. No, I'm trying. I'll do it from memory. Fair enough. No, I, I don't know. No, I don't I, know. I, I know Chemical Brothers have been involved in game sound design before, so I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, oh wait, is it going to be FIFA? Because it's always FIFA with these things. Is it is it on one of the FIFA soundtracks or something? I tell you what, let's be pals and let's say yeah, FIFA, and then just leave it at that because I'm sure neither one of us has ever played FIFA. Yeah, it it was um, FIFA, FIFA 2015, wasn't it? Oh, don't tell me you're googling through the chat. I'm not. I'm not googling. I'm just. I'm literally just guessing. What should be FIFA 15 now? I'm, I'm gonna google it right now. It's, uh, it's, uh...
I don't think it was on FIFA. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't on FIFA. Oh, I've messed up there. <laughs> and of course, obviously, you know, we all knew that it was in the key of F minor, right? Yes. Oh, sorry, F major, sorry. I was going to correct you there, actually, because I, I knew that. Well, and the sample came from David Barry's song Starman. Of course, we all knew that as well, didn't we, off the top of our head? That's absolutely correct, yes. Uh, I too knew this. <laughs> this is why I don't Google too much or take too many notes, you know? No, fully, fully, no point. But it says it was released in 2002. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, about then. That's funny, I find that hard to believe. I feel like it was a 90s song in my head, like late 90s. I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, it is 2002, I guess. But um, yeah, no, it feels about that sort of time, I suppose. And it's described as post-disco. Someone in Google's got way too much time on their hand making up genres. Oh, yeah. There's there's a post-everything genre, isn't there? Like, well, I'm making uh, Germanic math rock with a disco element. And I'm like, well, I'm making post-Germanic <laughs> rock. <laughs> you know, like, there's always a post that genre, even though it's still very much around. So we're back into the wilderness, as far as my knowledge goes anyway. Um, this tune, no idea, never heard of the person before. Philo, yep. uh, La Poursuite, how do you that? Yeah, Philo is from Germany. She's absolutely wicked DJ. She's one of my favorite DJs in the world, actually. Um, and she and I, we, we talk quite a lot, um, and we've had a bit of a shared journey in music, I think. Uh, I've had similar peaks and troughs and um, have both been running like a radio show over the past couple of years. And this particular tune, La Suite, uh, is part of a charity compilation which raises money for uh, refugees. And definitely go and pick it up if you get a chance because I love it and the rest of the compilation is wicked too. Um, but yeah, she's a great producer, a great DJ, and just, uh, in my opinion, just deserves all the hype that she's currently getting in the minute. So yeah, love it. You've been doing radio yourself for a while and you, did you give it up? I stopped, yeah. I So I ran a radio show for a little over two years on news radio, which was kind of all I was doing with my time. Because I was, I was liaising with different people to get it, make it happen. And I mean, you know how it is. You, you run a show. It's it, it can be quite draining sometimes, like having so many plates spinning all the time. And um, I think doing that alongside a lot of gigs at a time. Um, and also I was learning to drive and finishing up an apprenticeship. Uh, and basically I had just so many things going on. And I really, really burnt myself out uh, to the point that during the sort of late spring of this year, I just completely plummeted in terms of like mental health, just just purely on the basis that I'd completely burnt myself out. And I've spent the summer kind of recovering from that, I guess. And I, I think I think I'm now back to full energy. Good to hear. Yeah, man, it's, it's good. I feel as though I've got like this this renewed energy, and it, it feels like I'm excited by things again in music that I haven't been for quite a while so I, I, I'm excited to see what sort of comes out of it creatively for me over the next few months but I think I think some fun things are going to happen I've actually I've actually got a project on the go at the moment which uh, oh, do you know I'm just going to tell you I'm going to tell you I, I'm putting together a retrospective show 
for the radio show that I used to run on Nudes. And it's probably going to be about three hours long, to be honest. But what I've asked is for a bunch of my past guests, uh, who include people like Tim Reaper, uh, Duard, Anna Morgan, a bunch of, bunch of people, basically. And they've all done little 10-minute mini-mixes. And it's going to put them all into one show and just have it as like a retrospective on the radio show. So looking forward to putting that one out very, very shortly. That sounds like a lot of chasing up a lot of people. Oh, it's it, it's been, yeah, I've been putting it together for about three months just trying to get people to do it. So yeah, I think I've got 11 guests on one show. So <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty plate spinny stuff. Pro tip, one at a time, yeah? Pro tip, just do one at a time. That's it. <laughs> one at a time. Oh, major. You just have to keep reminding yourself, I think, this is supposed to be a hobby, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. No, totally. I've had a lot of fun doing this one, actually, because it's because uh, as I say, I've taken a break from the radio. Um, so, you know, coming back to, with the renewed energy has been absolutely fine for me. I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. Good. Good to hear. Like I say, you know, and sometimes, yeah, you, you just need a break just to refresh and come back and feel re-energized after having a break. You know, it's like sleeping, you know, if you never slept, you'd be a state like, you know, so uh, yeah, you need, you need to go on holiday. You'd be Margaret Thatcher if you never slept. She only slept like two or three hours a night or something stupid, I think, was was her selling point or something. And uh, look how she turned out. So, yeah, sleep more, people. I think sleeping is the key. Like, you ever see these people that are like 100 years old? They always say, slots of sleep, that's the key. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And a drab whiskey, apparently, but uh, not for me, thanks. I kind of wonder, though, sometimes if it's like a self-fulfilling thing. It's like, how did you manage to live to 100? Oh, I did this, this and this. It's coincidence that they were doing those things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's coincidental. Absolutely coincidental. It's like, how did you live to 100? Oh, I wore a blue jumper for most of my life. (laughs) Yeah, fully that. Fully that. Oh, I've got to tell you about this tune, actually, um, just on the basis that this person who made this tune is someone called Rough Sleeper. And do you know how many followers they've got on SoundCloud? Oh, don't tell me. It's criminal, right? 36. Yeah. And they are one of my favourite producers in the jungle scene at the moment. Uh, I, I play this tune out in virtually all of my sets and it always goes off. It's, it's, it's just, it's so rough when you find people who are like so talented but haven't marketed themselves it's annoying that as a skill set as a dj or a producer or whatever you're expected to be your own producer and marketer at the same time like those are separate skill sets and we're missing out on so much good music because people haven't got an agent or a manager or something and it's just ah, it's always hard to find that yeah but rough sleeper if if you want to go to rough sleeper soundcloud please do it is soundcloud.com forward slash rough sleeper all one word please give them another follow They've just gone from 36 to 37. I've just hit my follow because it kills me because there are so many amazing people out there who, as you say, they're not into marketing. They just want to make the music. And I've known a good few people who've made amazing music and it's just sit on their laptop and they just never release it because they don't think they've got enough or they just don't know what to do next with it. Yeah, sir. Which is kind of what I want to do with the radio show or have been doing. It's like, yeah. you know, if Noisy have got a new album out or something like that, I won't even bother listening to it. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. I want to find these people the underdogs that's totally what I'm into not to say that everyone I play on the radio station is like an underdog because I play play all sorts but uh
Sopa Kill a Sound Boy. How many jungle cliches are we going to have in this one? <laughs> um, I think I think there's just a Jamaican vocal sample at some point in it, and you know, obviously you can hear this. The hoovering, yeah. Yeah, the hoovering going on right now. Like, Sofa at the moment is one of the most talked about names in jungle right now, and she absolutely deserves it. So she's from Finland, um, and she and I played the same rupture night back in April. Great person, great producer, great DJ, and I, I, I get excited for everything that she releases, so that really says something, I think. But yeah, she's she's had a few releases recently with some big names as well, so she's good friends with Tim Reaper, she's released some with Edward recently, and in fact, actually, at that rupture night, I know that Ed, Tim Reaper, turned up um, to just see her play out, so that, that's how good she is, you know, Tim Reaper turned up to watch her play. Yeah, but TJ Sofa, man, love her. And coming from Finland, can't think I've ever heard of anybody from Finland who makes jungle. Yeah, right. Um, there are some though. There is in fact a label over there. Um, I can't remember what it's called though. Oh, it's gonna kill me because I've got loads of their records. Oh god, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but yeah, but there is there is actually a, a bit of a starting jungle scene over there, which Sofa is part of driving actually. Because uh, she has just set up a new night over there, which is jungle driven. And um, yeah, I think we're going to see see quite a bit more coming out of Finland in the very near future. So watch that space. Yeah, I mean, I know, no, I know a good few people from Scandinavia and that neck of the woods. Um, but yeah, jungle doesn't really. I mean, any girls from Denmark, if that counts. So it's only just over the way, I guess. Um, and she's like my favourite DJ going, so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's stuff happening over there. Sorry, yeah, I'm just looking at your profile there on um, on SoundCloud. Yeah, it does say Brighton, it doesn't say Bristol, does it? It doesn't, no. I, I, it did say Bristol until 2021. <laughs> but yeah, I moved down here at the end of 2020, which was a, a real pain, actually. Trying to get a moving van arranged during that second lockdown was not the easiest thing in the world. So I'm just looking at your profile there. You say DJ Mag's Emerging Artists You Need to Hear 2022. That's right. I was on that little list of um, DJ Mag put me down as one of the emerging artists you need to hear in 2022. Um, and gave me a little bio and stuff. And it was all very nice. So, uh, yeah, lovely. That was an exciting time. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, shortly after that, of course, I had a complete burnout and stopped doing anything for a few months. So, <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I guess it's still an accolade. That's all good. Yeah, Facebook Messenger is about the only good thing on Facebook, really, isn't it? 
It is. I mean, it's, it's the only way I keep track of events, to be honest as well. But even that functionality has kind of died off over the past while. So I don't know. Don't know what's left on there, really. I was doing a bit of Googling before I actually came in here to talk to you. And I see you had a Twitter as well. And I know I've got Twitter myself. I don't know. Twitter, I just... It's a shouting match. It is a pure shouting match. I have a mixed relationship with Twitter. It is the first place which gets any news. Whenever you go on Twitter, there, like you're getting the news like before anyone else. But it's also like just a shouting match of just anti-LGBT stuff and then like obviously lots of politics and stuff and I just I just honestly I try my hardest to ignore it to be honest it's just uh it's a pain <laughs> but I, I have a, I, I also kind of love it in a sense because the people that are on there have mostly been on there for like 10 years plus and we all like talk to each other individually so yeah bit of a community on there Oh, this tune's won by Soki, by the way, I should, I should say. Um, it's one called Living Ghost. And Soki is a producer who keeps putting out little, like, two or three minute long songs. Um, this one is, this one is one of the only, like, full-length songs that they've made. And, um, yeah, they've got a really varied vibe to them all, so each of them is absolute gold. This one I always get ID requests for when I'm playing it out. And, uh, yeah, it's called Living Ghost. That's a great tune. It's got some great stuff going on with that doubt, yeah. I always like those rides as well, you know, the snare rides. There you go, there was one there just slipping past our ears. Yeah, I get Yeah, it's mad to think the jungle's like coming on for 30 years old now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, fully. I always think like I am a similar age to jungle because it evolved to um from breakbeat hardcore to jungle around the sort of like 92 mark. Of course, I, I'm not that old. I, I'm only uh, 19 years old, of course. Um, but no, I, I am from 1992 as well. So um, yeah, I I have grown up with Jungle. So I don't know, weird. <laughs> it's 30 years old. I was sucked for bass as well. The sort of cheeky little adventure this sort of jungle tune takes you on. I always like that in jungle, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a really like dark atmospheric intro and I like playing this one in gigs um, on the basis that like, I don't know, uh, you, you play it and people sort of like drop in energy and are like, ooh, what's going on? It's all mysterious and then it just builds and builds and builds and then suddenly you're just like, oh right, it's like a proper dance tune. And I, I just love this tune. Yeah, there's a certain art to DJing, like I'm saying earlier, and you know, anyone can do it. You just play some tunes and away you go. But there is a certain art to understanding crowd mentality or psychology, as it were. Of yeah, it's a weird one. Sometimes, you know, give them what they want, but then sometimes give them not what they want uh, and make them wait for it. And then, you know, 
it's not all about jump scares either. It's, it's, it's same as building a horror movie. You know, you don't you don't rely on jump scares by giving them the hardest drop and the the biggest bass all the time. It's like nah, you gotta you gotta you gotta build something. You gotta like make it worthwhile to then pay off at the end of it. You know. I, I, like, I love jump scares in horror movies. I love just watching the horror movie going, oh, here it comes, here comes the jump scare. Yeah, there was a monster in the cupboard. Yay! And I hate that in music as well, you know? <laughs> you know, when you can see it coming, it's predictable. But then there's a balance between predictability and understandability, right? And the fact that if you play something that's completely, you know, you, if you hear it for the first time, you don't understand how it's going and it's confusing and it doesn't follow the agreed patterns that people are like i don't get it i'm leaving yeah i mean to be honest horror movies not my jam can't deal with them um but i just somehow end up watching a lot of youtube videos about how to make a horror movie don't know it's just one of those things that youtube keeps recommending to me so somehow that's in my for you page on youtube maybe your friends on your computer and when you're not looking at it looking this up like yeah you know, maybe who knows and then the algorithm's going oh this person obviously loves horror movies totally yeah that's, that must be why i get all these weird things on my youtube like why are ants green they're not green i, I, I can't come up with an example of the spot <laughs> it, 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 the algorithm does suck you into like oh yeah that looks interesting uh, and then you know yeah music documentaries are always a sucker for me i tell you anything that's about music or the history of music no matter what it is i just get sucked into it uh i get i get stuck on so i, I grew up with you know you know like people have these like things they focus really hard on when they're kids Mine was dinosaurs and the Titanic. <laughs> so I get loads of content based on dinosaurs and the Titanic. That's just, that's just something which keeps appearing on my feed all the time. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. It's just a thing that happens. I don't know. I kind of feel like there's a movie in that, isn't there? Like dinosaurs and Titanic? Could be. <laughs> there, is there is definitely some kind of like uh, terrible action movie in that, definitely. <laughs> you know how like with Jurassic Park and they've made like seven or eight goddamn versions of that film and I've lost track of them, like, you know. No, no, they haven't. They haven't. They, they only made the first two and then nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened and uh, no, nothing happened after that. They never made another one and that's as, that's as far as that series went in my head. Oh, okay. I think we touched a nerve there. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but like, could they make like a Jurassic Park on the Titanic version? Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, wow. That'd be so cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> then you'd be sucked into that one then. Yeah, my, my, my inner five-year-old would be going, absolutely wild you know, they, they, they put them in containers they found them you know they put them in containers and they brought them on a ship and then they broke free and it was the dinosaurs that caused the <laughs> titanic to sink it was the, it was yeah it was never the iceberg it, it was the triceratops exactly oh man i would i need to get right in this film now <laughs> <laughs> Where are we now, anyway? Where are we now? We are on Eurobi Whereabouts. That's it, yep. Uh, this is a track which came out on Repertoire. I can't remember how long ago. It's, it's must be a, coming on a couple of years ago now. Um, but they put out a compilation called Streetlight, and this was Streetlight Volume 2. They're free compilation albums from lesser-known producers, basically. 
and yeah if you go to the repertoire soundcloud you can you can find them on there or on their band camp or whatever and there's so so many good tunes on there and this, this is one of them and Eurobia herself she's from the netherlands and she's she's been in in the drum bass and jungle game for like I, th- I think it's like 26 years and she's still like mad underrated but she's 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 absolutely wicked again one, one of my favorite producers one of my favorite djs just yeah she's only recently started picking up more traction after a period of no one noticing so i'm really happy that that's happening for her but yeah come on people like do your research there's uh, there's some wicked producers out there that you just need to find good stuff yeah i'll have to go and check out more of that you've given me like loads of loads of avenues to go and follow up on because you know one of the things i really enjoyed about this whole set list of tracks was the amount of quality jungle you've got in here um that's new to me like you know um yeah yeah i mean that, that's what i try to do i mean most of the sets that i play out I hate playing a tune that someone knows. I don't want. I don't ever like playing a tune that someone knows. If I'm going to play a tune that someone knows, it's got to be a remix or like a, a VIP or something. Because I just I, I want I want people to hear stuff that's new that they've not heard before. That like you know I want them to think, oh, what's that, and then go and find it. I want people to be inspired to look for for good music themselves. So yeah, if you give them what they want, then it's not actually what they want. If you if you get me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, where, what do you think about MB featuring General Levy? Incredible as a tune. I mean, it's the best jungle tune ever made, right? Great tune. There's, uh, no, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like these tunes at all. Like they're 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 big for a reason. Like I I actually yeah I I I don't think I've got that one on vinyl though. Ah, you do admit it. Come on. <laughs> I, I don't think I do. Um, I've got I've got a lot of old old jungle, but I do not specifically have that tune. I do have it on my computer, um, but I do not have it on vinyl. But yeah, no, all all the classic jungle tunes they they were big for a reason. I mean, like some of the bigger ones, like such as Incredible, like you know they're some of my favourite tunes. But I don't, I don't want to play them in a set. It's too bait. I want I want people to be inspired to look for new music. I don't want them to rest on their rest on their laurels and be like, oh, I've heard this tune and I like it so I will continue to listen to it. Um, I don't know if you use Discogs. I guess being a vinyl person, you probably do use Discogs quite a bit. Discogs? Uh, yeah, 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 I do. Um, less so nowadays because I found a record shop which I just love, um, and that's uh, Rare Kind in Brighton. It's, it's a wicked record shop. So I go in there and I speak to Alice who runs it, and I'm like, hey, you got any good like jungle techno in lately? Or you got any, um, I don't know, atmospheric stuff with a nice pad? And she's like, oh yeah, I've got this, 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 and this. Great. I knew I came to the right place. So yeah, big big up to Rare Kind, big up to Alice who runs it, because you know, with, without the inspiration I get from there, wouldn't have half the records that I do. But if you do find yourself on Discogs, you can find MB's incredible tune uh, on there for sale. Uh, 113 copies for sale, starting at 50p. Starting at 50p. Wow, I bet they're in really good nick. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, that's the, that's the joy of vinyl, isn't it? But anyway, not going to go down that route, you know. You can't scratch an MP3, can you? Oh, God. Uh, you, you cannot, but you can run it at 96 kbps transfer or something.
Right, where are we now? K, super high tides, yet more lovely jungle. Yep, more lovely jungle and another free download as well. So you can get this one on K Super's SoundCloud again. She runs Certain Sounds, which is a uh, night up in Manchester. And she's also got like a residency on Subtle Radio, which I listen to like all the time. Um, it's, it's one of the shows that I have on in, in the background when I'm at work. I love this track specifically just because it's like, it's got some really nice snares in it and it's really lovely resonance to them and I just think they like really fill out space in the track really well. So, uh, I'm a sucker for a good snare and um, I, I love these ones. So yeah, big up K-Super on this one. Well, I'll put this out and put out the track list in. I'm going to have to link all these artists. I'm not going to link them all. I think Chemical Brothers, people like that, you can go and Google yourself. But uh, definitely for the for the rough sleepers of this world and all the rest of them, definitely. So is Jungle your main love? I'd say Jungle is... It, it, musically, Jungle is my main love. Yeah, definitely. Um, and variants thereof. Like Jungle Techno, I'm a sucker for. Hard, breakbeat Hardcore, I'm a sucker for. You know, these, these are similar things. But um, I, I, I have a love for virtually all dance music. And I know that's incredibly cliche to say but I really really do and it's not just dance music either I've got a big love of disco I've got a big love of like metal new metal that, that was that was my jam in my teens and still is like you know me and my girlfriend still listen to it all the time I listen to quite a bit of grime yeah all sorts really so jungle is my is my kind of main love but I like virtually everything um and you, you hear inspiration from from uh, different genres, obviously within within some of the tracks I play out. So, for instance, I'm not going to say what it is yet, but you know what the last track is uh, going to be on on this talking tunes uh, show. And you know, there's there's something that's not dance music. And you know, I, I, I like bringing these elements. Like for instance, with like disco, I like hearing these like. It, they, they use toms in disco as, as like an instrument in like pitching them around and stuff like that and that, that's something that I love in dance music uh, and the sort of euphoric nature of it is also prevalent in a lot of like hardcore and stuff um, so yeah I think there's, there's elements of, of the different genres that I enjoy in all of the music that I play out yeah I think the multi-genre taste is very important I think it's you, when you're into loads of energy and high energy and stuff like that that as you say it's that's that's what brings the different flavors to everything you're interested in and, and when you pick and choose etc you know whereas i don't there are people out there that are into just one style of music people are... <laughs> i'll say it it's boring i don't want to say it but yeah because <laughs> like with my own show you know um, when i'm doing my new releases radio show i start out you know 120 bpm house um, and end up with yeah. fuck knows 250 BPM breakcore extra tone you know yeah great and everything, and everything in between yeah totally I mean I've done a couple of shows on like NTS and Vic Silly and stuff like like over an hour long mixes where it's just been like you know working my way up from 120 up to like 180 odd or something and it's just like yeah come on guys explore a bit you know if you're a dj which only plays one genre you should do a mix which is specifically not that genre and just see what you can come up with because uh i'm sure you've got a uh, a, a hidden love for something else and do you know what? i want to hear it i want to hear what people love that they aren't putting out big time yeah and the other real challenge as well going at 120 and working your way up is easy what's really hard is going say from 180 down to 150 oh yeah yeah that is a nightmare but you know if you do it it works well yeah fair
so this is Prince, I Want to Be Your Lover. Um, and I actually heard artwork of Magnetic Man fame um, playing this tune back in 2015 or 2016 at Wilderness Festival where I was working. It just made me so happy. Like, I just, it was, it was at that moment I was like, oh, you can play a dance music set and also just whack in a well this isn't disco but you can whack in like a euphoric pop music or 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 a disco tune or something and good music is good music and people will still enjoy it and i've carried that forward ever since um that moment and if you've ever seen my keep hush set um where i'm back to backing with duard um from back in i think february or march this year i finished on stephanie mills never knew love like this before and someone came up to me afterwards and described it as a holy moment. And um, I, I'm definitely someone who believes that like disco and like euphoric tracks are things that are universal language for just like, let's be happy together. And I love to finish a night on this. So if I'm ever doing a closing set, be prepared for me to play something like this at the end of it, um, because it's just one of my greatest loves. Uh, I know a lot of people are really into Prince. A lot, a lot of people, you know, the, one, of, one of those acts that people get very enthusiastic about. I mean, for me, not so much. It's just this tune, is it? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's got some good tunes. I, I'm not that excited by him. I'm just obsessed with this tune. It's like one of my favourite tunes ever made by anyone ever. But yeah, it's it's got that just pure happiness to it. It's like this, September by Earth, Wind and Fire. Um, actually, an- another one is Star Guitar that we played earlier by Chemical Brothers. That's just like pure happiness to me. Um, yeah, there's a few of them, but this is definitely one of them. Definitely one of them. So you had quite a long list of your tunes to cut it down to 18. Oh God, yeah. I, I could I could list loads and loads of tunes that I would play as like set finishes. As I say, Stephanie Mills never knew love like this before. That's another big one. Just makes everyone happy. Awesome. Well, Josie B. There we go. Come to the end of the show. We have. God, that's a quick hour and 20. Big time, yeah. And excellent talking to you. Thank you for taking the time to come on and uh, share your joy of music. Well, thanks for having me, man. Uh, Anytime, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let this one play out and uh, I shall bid you farewell. Bye now. Thanks so much for having me, man. We need to find where the hang-up button is. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. See you. Bye. See you later, man. Bye. Bye.